how do you pick just three? Whew, I have learned a lot in this pandemic and through the experience of COVID on a whole, but I did distill it down to my top three lessons learned. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Kelly Wolf. Welcome to the Flow Podcast, Finding Love Over Worry. I wanted to fill you in on something that I'm hoping will happen next year or next month. <laughs> so I want to do a season two woohoo! of this podcast. If you followed along with me, you know me probably, but you also know that I started this podcast kind of to see if it was something that I enjoyed, that you all enjoyed, that was meaningful. And it's always really important to me to be of service and make sure that what I am producing and creating is of service to everyone. So I feel like the feedback has been so positive and I love that. Thank you so much. And I really love doing it that I reached out to um, a company that's going to up level this whole bad boy, which will mean, you know, new music, new art, um, new production, aka there's somebody building a house next door to me and you can hear all of the banging. So none of that. Um, but it's been fun doing it in my my simple way and I just want to make it more tight, uh, which is really awesome. So for season two, I have a short list that I'm beginning and I would love to hear ideas that you guys would like covered. Um, some things on the short list are I want to do some things I'm going to call hype episodes that will just be there to hype you up. You can refer back to them when you need to. You can check in on them. I notice sometimes I need that. I need that where I find myself on a hike or doing something in the house or making dinner and I just kind of want to hear somebody hyping me up in that moment. So I'm going to do a couple of those, obviously flow style. And I heard the resounding uh, desire to hear more about aging. I am 44, so I can speak to my experience up till this point. I think it's um, a beautiful process that is riddled with all kinds of fun things that nobody talks to you about. And that also, I just don't know that people are talking about it, but I think the reason that I'm not hearing about it as much, or maybe you guys aren't hearing about it as much, is I feel like, and guys, I'm going to put, put my foot in it here, but I feel like a lot of people don't want to call out aging. It's almost like they want to say, well, I'm not aging. I just, you know, dip myself in formaldehyde every night. I don't know. I don't know where the resistance is to that um, in the communities that I follow, but it does seem to be a thing. And so I'm going to uh, consciously bring that bad boy out of the closet. Can we talk more about it? I think it'll be great. And I want to talk about parenting a little bit more. I want to talk about marriage um, a little bit more. And I also want to do a couple of ideas that are focused on different times in your life. So we might talk about your 20s, your 30s, starting a business, motherhood, um, marriage, divorce, losing a parent, um, things that are I am seeing and hearing quite often in my communities. And 
I think we could use a little support in a lot of those places that maybe people aren't talking about or that within our groups and our friend groups, we don't feel comfortable bringing these things up. So I'm going to bring some more of that to the conversation. Okay, enough about that. Today's topic, you guys, I was really, oh man, I was thinking hard about how to distill this down to only three, but I think I've done it. Um, And I had to just kind of give myself a minute to think about this. So the question that I asked myself were, what were the lessons that I have learned through this pandemic, through COVID? Um, I'm not going to say 2020 because I don't really feel like the entirety of 2020 uh, was related to COVID. So I feel like they're a little bit different. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the first part of 2020 for me was I had not traveled that much in quite some time. I think right before travel really shut down, I think I had four trips back to back, which is rare, uh, which was rare, is definitely rare now, but was rare. And I was coming into shutdowns and lockdowns like, whew, I was a little tired. I was exhilarated, but tired. So all of 2020 was not that for me. So we're not going to call it 2020. We're just going to call it, let's call this, how about let's call this from the moment that you realized things were different in terms of the world midst a pandemic and COVID. Now, one thing, because I have the great luxury of having a father who is an archaeologist, so luxury slash, I did have somebody bring this up to me one time where his response often when things are challenging is to give historical context to whatever the thing is. And in this case, you know, his response to these moments are, well, a pandemic happens pretty much every hundred years. That's just what it is. It's, we should expect it. We, we, we should anticipate it and expect it. And although that's true, none of us can anticipate and expect anything that we haven't done or really have context to ask people what it was like, because if it was a hundred years ago, chances are those people are not with us. Um, So, you know, it's been unique to us and couple that with, this is actually um, fact or fact adjacent. I can't believe I just said that, but the only reason I say fact adjacent is because I don't know exactly the science of this, but I definitely know that somebody has looked into it, (laughs) somebody who's an actual scientist, is that the last 40 years, I think it was 40 years, again, let's add some fact checking to this, but the last 40 years were the most, I always say padded, but that's not what the word that they used. But they, but people were living the best experiences that humans have lived on the planet um, for as long as we know about in terms of access to water, food, shelter, um, companionship, information, um, all those things. They had, they were higher in the last forty years than they have been in recorded human history, and that should tell you something if you are in or around my age bracket or anywhere below my age bracket, which is we've had the most cushy time that really anybody knows about. And based on that fact, any sort of, you know, intense, chaotic, turbulent experience is going to probably jar us more than, um, than you know, people hundreds of years ago. But even even 
yeah, people from 100 years ago. <laughs> and here we are in the section where I need to up-level this podcast because I don't know how to edit. So I just keep talking. And I would probably edit that. But we're not going to, guys. This is the raw. Oh, and just because, you know, I know I love it, I'm not really going to edit the next one. It's not like I'm going to cut tons of things out. It'll just give me a chance um, to, you know, up this audio game because right now I'm just using an earbud and sitting in my bedroom. All right. So top three lessons learned through COVID. Number one, bum, bum, bum. See, now that would be a cool place to put some something if somebody was producing this right there. You know, you'd put like a little dun, 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 or, or some kind of music. All right. Number one, Wherever you are, there you are. Don't y'all love that one? Oof, that's going to get some cackles up. No, but seriously, wherever you are, you are. You know, I think what I realized and noticed both in myself and observing the outside world is the intense addiction that we have all had to distraction. Now, this is a deep dive thing. I've talked about it a little bit before. I probably need to do a really deep dive on it so that people can understand. But we are typically distracted by some fundamental things. They are uh, sex, drugs. (laughs) I'm going to just throw rock and roll in there because it's fun. Uh, Money, sex, drugs, money, power. Okay, these are the top for distractions that we like to dig our teeth into. And when I say distraction, I mean, if you are focused or fixated on one of those four things, you tend to one, not see a lot of the things that go on around you because they're hyper-focusing on those. And two, we can get very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not the right word, but we can ignore our spiritual growth because of those distractions. They are very seductive. Um, They are very convincing. And some people can spend their whole life in pursuit of one, two, three, or all four of those and never really do the spiritual work that goes into finding a place of contentment, finding a place of flow, Um, I feel like I want to do a whole podcast on why is contentment a trigger word. (laughs) I think I know, but it has to do with those distractions, by the way, because I think if we are content or calm or happy or just loving whatever the moment is, there's this this little critter that wants to come up and say, oh, but do you have enough power? Oh, do you have enough money? Who do you have enough sex? Do you have enough, you know, are you high enough? And drugs can be categorized in different things. They're not just drugs as in like, you know, pot, heroin, crack. They're also things like screens, um, anything that you can get a heightened dopamine serotonin dump from. That's what a drug category is in my world, in my world. I'm not saying that's technical. I'm just saying for me, that's how I remember it. So that's a lot of things, guys. That's a lot of things. Okay. But wherever you are, you are. Now, 
for me, this was you you got forced into pr- staying somewhere, being still, being inside your house, inside your space. And before we get into having anybody else around you, just think about that, just you in your space, being told or asked to not do anything, not go anywhere, not see people. And so there you are, wherever you are, you are, you are there and you can't leave yourself. You know, so some of those things in the early part of this kind of got taken away by some, maybe not all. Uh, maybe you, if you were a person who consistently got distracted by sex, if you consistently got distracted by money, if you consistently got distracted by power, maybe those things are hard to go in pursuit of in that moment. So you had to deal with yourself in this moment. And I feel like the lesson learned was, and this brings me to the second one. Well, that lesson of being wherever you are, you are, is the first lesson. Just remember, distractions are fun in the moment or really seductive in the moment. But at some point, whether it's the pandemic that, you know, forces your hand or something else happens in your life, at some point, you will have to deal with yourself. And it's going to be with you wherever you go. You literally can't distract yourself out of yourself. (laughs) So that's why number two is also my other biggest lesson learned, which was mindset work has been the most valuable thing that I have invested in, in my lifetime. Shall I say that again? Mindset work is the most valuable thing I have invested in, in my lifetime. Because this experience, to me, felt like when I had to pull all of my tools and tricks out of that tool bag in terms of mindset work. And I truly multiple times have dropped to my knees in gratitude that I found myself having done some of that work before this all happened because, and this, and so let's add this to, because this was huge. People who have, are going through incredibly challenging times during this. So let me give you a for instance. Um, After my youngest was born, I had a severe postpartum breakdown, severe. I was suicidal. It was uh, terrifying and it was intense. And I really was afraid of everything. I mean, everything. I, I wasn't functioning. I wasn't able to go to the store. I wasn't able to function as a wife or a friend or anything really for for about a month I'd say was the greatest intensity of it and then you have the work of coming out of that Um, I also had some health things that went on during that time so I just really felt as the dark night of the soul um, at this section of my life that I had been in and it really did force my hand quite significantly to have to do this work that has given me a better foundation but Had all this happened then, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. I truly can't even imagine. And so I have this incredible compassion for people who are going through this with that. You know, that is why 
so much of the work that I do, I want to provide to people. I want to just put it out there. I want to, you know, do this podcast and I want to show up on social media with the tools that I have understood to help me because my God, that would be absolutely terrifying and completely overwhelming. And so if you are in that situation right now, not only do you have my deep compassion, but I really, uh, well, I say this consistently, I say it all the time. Um, Please, please, please reach out for help. Please reach out for help. Please reach out for help. Also be discerning about what you consume in terms of mindset coaching. You know, they're never going to slam on people in my own industry, but there, there needs to be an ethical consideration in doing this work because it's more complicated and complex than some people may understand. So you, if you now listen, if you're just, you know, getting some chicken nuggets and getting some information, then I say fine. But if you are in deep turmoil, then make sure you are discerning about the content and the people that you are listening to and taking in because it is a much more dynamic growth experience than just, you know, one, two, three, (laughs) which is ironic because I called this the top three things I learned. Isn't it ironic? See, that'd be funny right there. I'm adding my own audio, audio uh, fun into this whole thing. Number three, I couldn't read my writing just then. Number three, (laughs) learn your loved one's love languages. If you guys have not read the book Five Love Languages, I highly recommend it. It's really literally a game-changing book. So please go get that. If you are married, please go get that. If you have a best friend, please go get that. If you have a parent, please go get that. Uh, It does not just apply to marriages, although I'm pretty sure that's what it was written for, but just FYI, it is, it's applicable to all of your close relationships. And when you understand somebody else's love language, you're able to love them in the way that they understand and perceive love and also be able to express how you perceive and understand love so that they can do that for you. Here's an example. My most dominant one is acts of service. My husband's most dominant one, dominant one is words of affirmation. Now, words of affirmation is my least, okay, isn't that funny? And I think, I don't remember for sure, but I think maybe acts of service was low on his list as well. So we're literally flip-flopped, okay? And just because I'm not, don't have them written down in front of me, let me think about it. Acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, not gift, like gifts, presents, <laughs> and son of a biscuit. I forget the last one. I'll, it's coming, but it'll come back to me. Look it up. You can Google it. So um, those are really important to understand in the person that you are going to be in a house with quite some time. Because if you understand it, you can really shift the dynamic of your relationship. So back in the day, this is going to be a whole podcast, so don't worry if you're not getting all of it right now. Not necessarily five love languages, but just marriage and partnerships on a whole and some tips and tricks that I have picked up along the way Um, and definitely some snafus because, well, listen, you don't get tips and tricks unless you understand the snafus, right? So the 
love languages. Before I understood that about my husband and he understood it about me, he's over there telling me how great I am, how much he loves me, what a good job I'm doing. I could give a rat's petunia about that. I mean, it's nice, but it's not my, that's definitely not my thing. Although, spoiler alert, it's becoming more my thing. Why? I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out, but it is. So, and his, and I'm over here like busting my butt to get the house taken care of and dinner made. And I'm doing all these things, you know, all these acts of service. So we were kind of missing each other in that department. And when we figured it out, he was able to, oh, if I got up and did the dishes right now, this would be like huge for her. And it, and it is and was. And I realized if I said to him all the things that I thought in my head, but I wasn't saying, then that would be huge to him. That little thing has made an enormous, enormous life-changing. My God, thank God I heard about it a gazillion years ago. I think I even saw this on Oprah before I was married. So maybe I even knew it before I was married and, and brought it in quite early on because I feel like we did talk about this very early on. But it's been with us for most of our marriage and has made such an impact in our lives. So I would say know the people in your home particularly, what their love language is so that you can be with them in that way. I don't know if they, anybody's ever really gotten into that with children. I mean, of course they have their love languages, but it, could it be, you know, could there's not the quiz that you could take for it. But I bet you I could guess, even on my children, some of what theirs might be. And because of that, I could also provide that for them. I don't have to point it out every time, but I can do different things with them that are within their love language that would be so beautiful to them and to me. So those were my top three things, top three lessons I feel that I have learned during COVID and this pandemic and I mean that, gosh, guys, you know, there's so much more. I can't, we can't unpack all of it. But if I had to pick the top three, that's what they would be. That the lesson that I've learned that wherever you are, you are. And to be, to know what your distraction drugs are. To know the things that consistently you have used to distract yourself and didn't even realize that you were doing that. And that how do you cope when they make, not be in your hands and what can you do without them Um, but just even knowing them in the first place is just a huge thing but then that leads into that mindset work and what an important piece that has been in my life and why it has become my why if you ever ask me what is my motivating factor it's always going to be that because I do believe that all the things that ail us in this world could be healed if people had access to and could do the work that I have been so blessed to do myself and to learn how to teach and do. Because really, it's hard to find things now, just whatever they may be. You know, the other day, I just got pinged, I got triggered by a conversation. And my first old reaction because you can always tell if it's old when it like comes back and it wants to take take over and run the show was to like I don't know lash back in this conversation I wanted to I my friends and I call it shanking each other like when somebody shanks you and me 
whether they are doing it on purpose or subconsciously isn't the point because your reaction is the point. And I felt that old reaction, really old reaction, come back and go, oof, mm-hmm, okay, let's do this then. You know, because I can, I can be sassy for sure. And then I went, hold on a minute. And I started to put in the tools that I've learned. You know, flow particularly being the most powerful for me at first, which is stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin that worry and that thought that you're into. Oh, gosh, I'm going to sing on every single podcast. (laughs) No, but I stop finding, become the observer. What's bothering me? What's pinging me? Um, I felt in that moment disrespected, uh, treated poorly, um, jabbed, shanked, you know, whatever you want to call it. So observed, I observed in that moment. And then I made the choice to not respond in anger and frustration, but I made the choice to first love on myself because that's stop one in that situation. I don't first love on that individual. I first love on myself, okay? I first love on myself and say, man, that really felt crappy. And I'm probably right. It probably was intended to feel crappy. Um, But that's what that is. And I have a choice in the matter. Then my second step was to love on the individual that threw the grenade. And so I found a few things that I could find in that moment to love on them. And then my, that, that's where the choice comes in. Now I get to make a choice. How do I want to respond? How do I want to react? So after writing a couple of responses that I did not send, <laughs> by the way, um, life hack, don't put the person's name on the outgoing message and type your sassy response because you could accidentally hit send. Uh huh. No, you just don't put anything at the top, write the response, then put the person's name after the fact. Okay, y'all already probably know that. So I was able to um, be in that moment and not only love myself, but love that person. And by the way, it wasn't even a thing. It's not a thing. They typically, these things aren't usually things. So, and I'll say it here, I'll say it again. Flow work is worry, not trauma. It's worry. So it's when you're in fear and worry like that, that's where it's most beneficial. That's where it changes things for me. And I was able to fall back onto that thing. I totally lost my train of thought about why I was even telling you that, but it doesn't matter because we're going to wrap this up. All right. My final thing to tell you guys about Now, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm also going to throw it out there in other ways, but I'm going to throw it out there to this community that for season two of the Flow podcast, I am going to be taking on a handful of sponsors, but I want to do something different than what I know about. Now, I think we've all learned that I'm not the most techie person in the world, so this is where my head went. I would love to support and promote a couple of small businesses that maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to reach an audience. That's number one. And so if you are one of those businesses or you know somebody that is, will you send them my way? Because I'm going to be very discerning about it. I'm only going to do a handful. But it was also because I realized that all boats rise when we're sort of helping each other. And this feels like an opportunity to do just that. And uh, it's exciting to me. I love that. Plus, I've loved collaborating with a handful of businesses last year. So I might reach out to them and ask them. But if you are that person or you know somebody 
who might be that person, please send them my email, which is kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, at flow by kellywolf.com. K-E-L-L-E-Y at flow by kellywolf.com. I know everybody out there is like, you're giving your email. Yes, I'm giving my email. Yes, I'm giving my email. And you can also send me a DM on Instagram at kellywolf, K-E-L-L-E-Y-W-O-L-F, either one. And I'm excited to dig into that. I think it's going to be fun. So also in this up-leveling, I'm hoping... I'm not going to make any promises, but I am hoping that these podcasts get out weekly. I said it. (gasps) I said it, but I'm hoping. And I feel like with the accountability of this company that I'm hiring, I will be able to make that happen. You guys, I hope today is an amazing day and that you are able to do some flow in your day. Find love over worry. And I'm going to see you next season, which might be in just a couple weeks. (laughs) Hard to say, but I will be in your ear sooner than later. Big love, guys. Be good to each other. If you like this podcast, please rate review and subscribe. It really is a thing. Rate, review and subscribe. It actually matters. And even one more amazing thing would be if you screenshot this and send it out to your social media or just text it to a friend. We really should share the love, the flow, share the flow.